0: Welcome to the Endurance Coachpreneur Podcast, hosted by me, Coach Michelle Link. This is the show that helps endurance coaches bridge the gap from hobby to creating a dream impact-filled and profitable coaching business. We will discuss all things endurance business, including time management, marketing, mindset, growing your community of engaged athletes, all while increasing impact and profitability. Listen here to grow your athlete roster of ideal, perfect for you athletes while bringing home more income for you and your family. Endurance coaching is already your dream job. Let's make it a full time reality. Welcome back to the Endurance Coachpreneur. Today's episode is such an important one. And I probably say that every time. So I apologize in advance. But this is the thing, the number one thing that's killing your productivity. As coaches, if we want to coach more people, we have to be productive. We can't just keep bringing on lots of athletes and not have systems or watch how our time is being used because eventually we're going to run out of time. So it's really important that we're productive and that we manage our time properly so we can keep growing. And to get it out out there up front, the number one thing is a lack of boundaries. That's what's keeping you from growing. And I feel this Topic so strongly because I was the problem. I was someone that was not productive because I had zero boundaries. Now, the only boundaries I had was I didn't answer texts while I was sleeping. That was about it. Everything else I answered immediately. I took phone calls when athletes would call me out of the blue, like without a call or like a, t- like a scheduled call. I did all the things. I was always available for everyone all the time. And this is something I see with so many coaches. This is not something that's like only a few people. It's like, oh my gosh, so many coaches have this problem. And I think it gets down to that we feel that our availability and being so available shows the value of the cost that they're paying us. It's just an easy way to feel a lot better about charging is that we're like, well, look, I'm available all the time and I know I'm available more than everybody else. Like, that's another comparison. Game that we don't want to get into because I'm sure there's always more other another coach that's more available and trust me there's plenty that aren't available at all so it runs the gamut but in general coaches have not created solid boundaries now obviously some have but this is for those that feel like they could be better and they're they feel like they're all over the place and they're struggling to get focused when they're writing their plans or you know take things take a really long time to get done. Productivity is get in, do a task, get it done as quickly as possible. Like that's what the the basis of productivity is. So boundaries are the thing that I've noticed are a huge problem. And this one comes down to people pleasing, in my opinion. A lot of us are in coaching because we love helping people and being available to answer questions and help people right away, especially when you first start out the more experienced coaches have figured this out, many of them, most of them, hopefully. And they've seen that they can't be answering texts all day and they can't be taking phone calls randomly and still do their job. Like, it just doesn't work that way. But the newer coaches, we think, oh my gosh, I am here for this athlete and I'm going to figure out a way to get them their transformation and help them in any way I can. And that's going to be by being available. And I used the excuse for many years that was, well, if I get a text, then I have to answer it right away or I'll forget about it, which I still feel pretty strongly about because I do have that problem. Like I'm just thinking right now about a DM that I got that I didn't respond because I read it in the middle of the night. <laughs> so I need to go back and respond to my friend. But it is something that we can do a better job at. And a story, um, I ran a training camp last year with one of my friends, and she's a coach too. and her phone was sitting next to me. I don't know what she was doing, but, her, and it was going crazy. It blew up like every five seconds. It was like lighting up, lighting up, lighting up. And I'm like, oh my gosh, is there emergency or something? Like what's going on? And she had been getting text messages and she was getting training peaks notifications from all of her athletes. So like so-and-so finished a bike workout. So-and-so commented on a swim. She was getting all the notifications. And I was like, oh my gosh, that's a big, big no-no. She felt the she felt that to be a proper coach, she would review training peaks every morning, every night, and then in during the day, she would comment on stuff as it came in. I can tell you this. Nobody is paying us the right amount of money to be able to do that. Now, I'm sure there's some high, 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 high-end offering that someone has where they can literally, like, I knew a coach once that moved in with his athlete so that to help him stay accountable, like they lived in the same house. The guy had a lot of money and paid for it, I guess. But in general, they're not paying you to answer every single workout right away, okay? So why do we feel so strongly that we have no boundaries and that we're available all the time to show our value? And how can we actually show our value better by having some boundaries, which seems kind of counterintuitive. Like, does that even make sense? So today I'm gonna, in a minute here, I'm gonna go through the five Recommendations or tips or ways I have for you to clean up your boundaries to become more productive, but also coach your athletes better. Like, it is possible that you can coach better with boundaries than you can without, which is probably like, how is that even possible? So, we'll get into that, but a little bit more about my story and how I just thought that I need to be available all the time. And my husband would often be like, why are you always on your phone? I'm like, because I'm working, because I'm answering texts. And he was none too pleased about it. It's fine. It's all good. Uh, But I have adjusted them. And it started in about early 2022. I went to a a meeting with some other entrepreneurs that were coaches, but they weren't in the endurance space. And when they found out how often I was getting texts, they were mortified. They were like, wait, what? Where are your boundaries? I'm like, oh, we don't have any in our in, in our in endurance coaching. We don't have them. That's what I said. And I was so triggered. I was like, how dare you try to tell me that my boundaries are bad? They were bad. And it probably wasn't overnight, but about two months after that, I said, well, to myself, I think these could be better. And how do I organize my communications such that I'm helping my athletes, but they, re- they know when they're going to hear from me? such that, that they don't actually have to text me constantly. And I teach them how to be communi- how I communicate to them. So, we'll get into that in a little bit, but I made these changes, and when I made these changes, I went from getting, I don't know, 20, 30 text messages a day. I never had training peaks notifications on my phone. Never had that. But I do have some coaches that have done it, so I know it still happens. And I also don't have any notifications on my watch anymore. I got rid of those, but when I made that change, I am now to the point where I get athlete texts a few times a week. Maybe I don't think I've had any, let me check. I don't think I've had any today. So yeah, the last time an athlete texted me was wow. It's been a bit. Um, Sunday. So today's Tuesday. So two days. So that's, I don't get any texts anymore. And it allows me to be way more productive. And it's just been so much better. And the coaches that have made these changes that I'm about to go through that work with me have had massive productivity changes as well. And even if it just allows you to sit down and work through a product or a program or whatever you're doing, whatever you're creating, um, or whatever emails you're responding to without being distracted, you're not constantly getting messages and it's, it's just so important. So let's get into them. Cause there's just really, I think they're going to be really helpful for you. So the first one is, and there's five is notifications, get rid of them, get rid of notifications. One of the best decisions I ever made was get rid of Instagram notifications. So I have to open the app to get notifications. I don't have Facebook notifications. I don't have training peaks notifications. I have on my phone text notifications and phone calls. And I think I have emails that are the um, important emails. Like I have my emails and Gmail segmented by important. And I forget what the other one is like non-important, I guess. So that's all I have is just emails. And I could probably get rid of the emails. And those pop up on my phone or beep or do something. But I never have my sound on ever. And I have a Mac. So all of my texts and phone calls come through my computer. So when I'm on my computer... I can see text and phone calls, and I could and sometimes I even remove the text so that I can focus better, but they do come through, so I'm not missing anything like of my son's school calls. And on my watch, which this is a beautiful thing, I used to have an Apple watch. It was awesome. I thought it was super cool. And then I realized, I don't really want notifications. I have my phone's with me all the time. I'm on my computer a lot. I don't want it buzzing all the time. Every time your watch buzzes with a notification, you stop looking at what you're doing. And you look at your phone or your watch or whatever the notification is. You're not focusing. I got rid of it. I said, I'm not wearing an Apple watch anymore. Done. So I'm on, I have my Garmin on and I have zero notifications on. It doesn't buzz at me. I have alarms and that's about it. Like if I have an alarm to set or like sometimes I'll use like a, what's, I think it's called a Pomodoro timer, like a 25 minute timer to focus on things. But other than that, I don't use my watch at all for notifications. It's beautiful. Some of you are probably like, "Ooh, that's stressful What now I'm not going to be able to respond to my athlete right away. Guess what? They need to learn to ask questions well before right away, okay like you you i'm still I'm sure you're still picking up your phone a couple of times an hour even without the notifications, so you will be able to respond to them if it's an emergency. so the first step to clean up those boundaries is get rid of notifications. They don't do you any good. and a side part of this one is that Often, when I really need to focus, I get my phone, and I toss it. I have a couch like eight feet away, and I toss it onto that couch uh and there's a carpet, so it's not gonna break if if I miss. um, but I throw my phone, I get it up, I'm like, it's gotta go away, gotta get rid of it, and nobody needs you except for maybe your child immediately, and that's why you know, if the school calls or something, I still have the phone. Um, nearby and I have a a notification on my computer but that's it that's all I really need no other notifications are necessary so that's number one number two is setting the tone at onboarding about communication if you just start coaching in quotes like I'm just your coach they have the athlete has no system or understanding of how the communication is going to go going forward they don't know if they have your phone number they're going to start texting you they're going to call you If they have a question, I want you to set the tone at onboarding that you are the leader and that you will show them how the communication will work and that every kind of question or that they may have question, comment will have a place and you will get to it in a timely manner, but in an organized manner, not just like a wing it, you know, like there are athletes out there that will text their coach every time they finish a workout. I mean, nobody's in the room here, but raise your hand if that's happened. I'm sure I've gotten texts that are like, guess what? I finished my workout. I'm like, good job. Uh, Put this in the training app. Like, direct them back to the training app. So what would you do at onboarding to do this? And my number one recommendation here, create an onboarding video. Video just really communicates these things well. You could have, like, a PDF or, like, an email. Like, this is how we communicate. But I find that the video gets well-received and understood and more likely to be heard and accepted so what would you put on that video how do you actually create a video i build a powerpoint or canva slides and then i present them in zoom and then i record it to youtube unlisted and then when they join they get this video um and then i typically know if they've watched it you could probably set it up in some sort of portal that you could see if they've watched it. I don't know if you need to do that, but you can tell by the questions they asked if they've watched it or not. The before and after, when I started, when I created this video, which I did about two months after that enlightening um, meeting with other coaches, where they all told me my boundaries sucked and I needed to fix them rapidly. Uh, the athletes that have onboarded with me before that video and after are drastically different. Now, if any of my athletes are listening to this right now and they're like, oh, I occasionally text you, I'm so sorry, don't feel bad. My boundaries are great and I have no problems with any of you and everything is wonderful. Um, And many of you are my friends and it's all fine. But I will say that the athletes that joined after my onboarding video, which I think was about August of 2022, are almost so compliant with the boundaries that sometimes I'm like, you're not doing, you're not communicating enough. Um, So a few rules that I have to create this like, system that, you know, makes some sense is that I only comment on comments. So I'm, so I'm looking for commented workouts to comment back and that text messages are for emergencies, injuries. Um, you know, you crashed your bike or, uh, you know, you just finished a race. That's another, I really want my athletes to text me when they finish their race to let me know how it went, send me a picture. Um, I would much rather hear about, your race in a text message than in Training Peaks. That's something you know I I make it clear there, and everything else is for the training app. If they have requests for schedule changes, put them in the app. I had an athlete once that would text me on Saturday night at like 4 p.m. Saturday afternoon every week to tell me what workouts she wanted to do the following week, and then um, spoiler alert didn't actually do many of the workouts that she requested that I change it to it wasn't great. And um I had to send an email to all my athletes and remind them of the boundary that is I want you to put your your requests for workouts in the app. It's not helpful to put it that's part of the problem here and this is where when you create these boundaries, you're going to be able to coach better because the athletes are going to be able to put things where they belong, okay? And I just went on and that's number 3. Got ahead of myself. Move all everything questions requests um to the app move it to the app keep it there you know emergencies you get text so that's number 3 so as a quick review because i've gotten went all around them but number 1 is notifications clean them up number 2 is setting the tone at onboarding and number 3 is move all questions to the app except emergencies so i explained how we do that on onboarding and now you are answering their questions where it belongs. You're also focused on the work when they when you're reviewing it. So if they put requests in for their training schedule into the app, now you can answer it when you're in the app focused on their plan. You're not doing it in at some other time, like when you're busy doing something with your kids or you're in the middle of your own workout, you're focused on it at the right time. So you're going to help your athletes, which moves us right into number four, which is get your people to put conflicts in ahead of time and put it in the app. That's probably the most important thing other than turning your notifications off from this call and doing an onboarding video. That's another important one. But is to get people to put conflicts in the app. Athletes will be more trusting of your plan and get more of it completed, meaning they're going to have better results when they can fit their life and their workouts into their life, okay? So when the two match. So when they can put conflicts into their plan, now they're not having to struggle to figure out how to fit it in, because it's gonna fit in already. Because you're gonna write a correct plan, okay? So instead of athletes texting you that they've got um, a work trip in three days, put in the app and then you'll adjust it the next day when you get in the app, okay? Now, sometimes athletes are still going to text or email you for bigger things like, Hey, I'm traveling for work for three weeks and I won't have my bike. That's something we're going to need to talk about. So, sure, that's where, you know, maybe it doesn't go in the app. It comes as an email or even they schedule a call with you first. Okay. So that's very, very normal. But get your people, number four, to put conflicts in the app ahead of time. And it's just going to make the whole process better. And you're going to be, Getting those answers and responding to their requests in the right place at the right time. And number five is that you show them that you are going to have regular communication expectations. And what does that even mean? That means that my athletes know that I am in training peak six days a week, six mornings a week at a minimum. Sometime around the breakfast hour, sometimes it's like 5, 6 a.m., sometimes it's like 7 or 8 a.m., but every day, except for one weekend day, I am in training peaks. They expect me to be in there, so they will wait and know that their questions will be answered when I get in there the next day. They don't need to text me. The alternative is if you were coaching and your people never knew when you were going to be in the app. So it was very random, like you'd be in it four days, one week, and then it would be the night of the next week, two days. And then sometimes it would be during lunch. They're going to be much more likely to text you because they're not sure when you're going to be in there next. My athletes know that I'm in there every morning. So I get less texts because they ask their questions in the app and get an answer pretty quickly. And they know that my window is at this time, typically, and everybody just, just, it's a workflow. The workflow is understood. Everybody knows where we are, okay? I'm answering questions when I'm focused on their plan, not at some random time of the day. Like, I don't know how many times, I'm sure this has happened to you, where an athlete asks you a question and you're in the middle of something else and you just can't focus on it. But if you don't answer, you're going to forget. And then if you forget, the athlete's going to think you blew them off. It's just a massive, not cool cycle. And that's why we don't want them texting these questions. And also, we're not getting paid to be available all the time. It is just not fair to anyone. We are not, you know, very few coaches are making the amount of money that they could to be available 24-7. Is any other profession available 24-7? Some, I mean, maybe like a doctor's office has a nurse line you can call, but you're not calling the actual doctor. I'm trying to think else. Like if you work with a lawyer, you can't just like text them and ask a question, that's not how it works. Because we're all trying to be productive and run our businesses and do our thing, right? So when we fix these boundaries, life just gets easier. And also it allows us to help them better. So the next question always is, well, what if I have an athlete that ignores everything I say? How do I handle it? Well, There's a couple ways to handle it. One is you keep dealing with it. The problem with this is, and I was just talking to a coach about this today, is that if you picture you as a cup and your cup only has so much room, and if one athlete's taking so much of your energy to fill that cup because they keep asking questions and breaking your boundaries and doing these things, they're taking more energy than they're allotted. And what's going to happen is one of two things is one, you are going to lose your opportunity to help someone else the way they've paid and need it. So they're taking from other athletes. And the other problem with this is it's going to push you towards burnout. What we don't want is you to get on your app. And every time you see that athlete, sigh and feel kind of like, ugh, I don't feel like writing this plan because this person is just, yeah. That's what happens when you're working with people that are breaking your boundaries or maybe if they're just not an ideal athlete. So if somebody keeps breaking them and you keep gently pushing them back to where they should be, so if like someone keeps texting, I would say, hey, how about you, I'm going to answer this in Training Peaks, so I can actually look at your file while answering it instead of doing it on my phone. Like next time I'm in the app, I'm going to answer this question. So you're gently moving them back to the communication standards you've set. That's an option. But if it keeps happening, I think that's when you break you, you cut ties, and it's hard, and it's the decision a lot of people don't want to make, and it's a hard one, but you have to think about it, one, for your long-term availability in the business. If you burn out, you're not going to be able to keep doing this, and you're not going to be able to keep helping athletes. And also, if one athlete is taking up way too much of your energy, it's going to be hard to help the others because it's, it's going to impact it. You can say it won't, but it does. So... I think it's time to cut ties. If you have somebody that just won't follow these and is constantly calling you or texting or, you know, asking for workout changes and then not doing the workouts, that's there's nothing more frustrating. Hey, I want to do this schedule next week. This is my availability and then they do none of them, and it's not cuz they're sick or hurt or anything. It's just it's just yeah, it's a problem. It's just not a good fit. But there's no other words for it. So, in review, the five um tips clean up your boundaries, um, one, fix your notifications. Two, set the tone at onboarding. You are the leader here. Three, move all questions to the app except emergencies. Four, get your people to put conflicts in ahead of time in the app. Right in the app, that's where we do everything. Um, I also left out on this one, uh, It's there's nothing worse than when an athlete texts you or messages you um, a conflict or what race they're doing and now you can't find it. Versus if it's in the app, you'll probably find it. So you want to keep your communication Um, channels down. And then number five, regular communication expectations. So you know when the athletes know when they're going to hear from you. That's really important as well. So set those boundaries. Start. You can always start just by sending an email to your athletes, reminding them or teaching them or leading them that this is the way that we communicate. And It doesn't mean that your service is going down. It just means you're changing how you're doing service so that you can serve them better. It is not some, oh, I'm, you know, just not providing help to people because I'm not at their beck and call. And then, and it's also kind of calming down your people pleasing tendencies. It's impossible to be 100% to everyone at all times. So let's focus on your longevity and that you can help all your athletes equally by by getting your boundaries set and being a leader here. And it's something I help coaches in the Dream to Six program work through is getting their onboarding videos set up, their boundaries organized and helping them coach more productively so that they can help more people. So if you have any interest in that, send me a DM on Instagram. Also, let me know if you've listened. It's sometimes weird when you're doing podcasts, not sure who's listening. So, I'd love to hear from you and quite a few have messaged via DM or um and it's been awesome. And uh, many of you've also shared the episodes or written reviews, which is again really nice. And I hope to be able to keep giving these this help to coaches so that we can raise the industry across the whole industry, how we can raise it up, like make it a real profession. Like I believe it is, but a lot of people and a lot of coaches don't believe it. So this is my mission is to help coaches grow those businesses and build those businesses that are enduring. So thanks for listening and I'll see you again next week. Thanks for listening. If you love this episode or have any feedback, DM me at Coach Michelle Lake, that's Michelle with two L's, on Instagram. Also, take time to leave me a review if you enjoyed it. Until next time, coaches, let's get out there, grow who you know, take action, and keep changing the lives of our athletes.